0: Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Palmetto Guardian. Today, we talk about warrant officers. Welcome, everyone. I'm Sergeant Chelsea Baker.
1: And I'm Specialist David Arskin. And, well, (laughs) well, let me just say, um, I'm pretty good at this thing.
0: Uh, Obviously not, because you had a very long pause, and if you're on the radio, that would be considered dead air, and nobody likes dead air. I'm
1: pretty sure I was breathing heavily enough to people know that.
0: (laughs) That was long. I'm sure. I'm sure
1: my (laughs) mouth breathing let people know that we weren't off the
0: air. Um,
1: So, no, no. um, Technical expertise in areas Um, it it means a lot, or can mean different things to different people. Mm -hmm. Um, My father, for example. Mechanic, 40 well, 40 something years, right at 40 years actually working as a mechanic uh, at his job. Um, built his first car, I think, when he was like 14 or something. I don't know.
0: Like fully? Engine. Okay. Engine,
1: not the body. He okay. doesn't do body work. Um, but built his first engine. Mm-hmm. You know, took an engine out of a car, built it up, did the whole nine yards, souped it up. My grandmother's car was a 70 Caprice,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it was hyped up. Because dad had got it in the engine <laughs> when he was younger, this is the only seventy Caprice that would make the nose stand up on the front of the uh, front of the car. Like when you brake stand it, you couldn't see out the front of the car because the front end would come up that high. It was awesome. It was awesome. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, this old old, old lady mobile <laughs> you know, rolling down the road. Um, but I, I bring that up is you know because I definitely consider my father you know uh, technical expertise in, in his area. Because he used to drive me nuts when I was younger. Because obviously he taught me how to work on cars a little bit, and then you know I attempted, you know I, I struck out and did my own thing on, on vehicles from time to time. And mm-hmm. you know I'd I'd be out there like banging on a set of brake drums for like two hours.
0: Boom, boom,
1: boom. that's how I fine tune stuff. By the way, so, that's once make we the noise that's when it? we've gotten towards the end. No, I actually have the hammer, and I'm usually hitting something at that point in time, and you oh, start so. hear, hearing the
0: boom. And sound. you know that it's done. Or that, like
1: it's well, getting there? That's how I'm fine tuning it. You know, I'm uh, getting that extra little, little bit on it. It's um, <laughs> usually when I'm frustrated and i have hit the end of the road and everything mm-hmm. else is just hammer. And, you know, the old man, you know, he'd walk out of there. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What you doing, boy? I'm like, I'm trying to get these brake drums off the back of this vehicle. I was like, I have gone through the book. I have taken everything off of it. I was like, there's no way that this drum's not supposed to come off at this point in time. Big little spring off the back. Ain't no spring on the back, old man. I
0: was going to say, I feel like there's something little like, that you just didn't I was do. Like, I was like,
1: there ain't no spring on the back. Reach around the back. Spring. Beep, beep. The whole brake falls. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Um,
0: and, of course, back then you didn't have YouTube to just go watch a video for, like, 15 minutes. No,
1: no, no. But he did this to me numerous times in my in my life, you know. Uh, the, the first time I ever saw anybody take a long screwdriver and use it as a thethoscope on a car, he's... Over there, up there, listening around. I can't figure out what's wrong. Hey, like, all right, number four, Summer's not going to look back. You need to go in there and check that out. <laughs> like, you you go back in the house and you finish watching wrestling because I'm done talking to you for today. Um, <laughs> but the, it just killed me. Um, but the point of that is, is you know, you have those people that have that skill level to the point that, I mean, you could almost say it, it legitimately is a gift. Yeah. Um, And it's funny now that we're. Uh, we're, we're older or whatnot. Me, me and my dad's kind of swapped spots a little bit. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's retired now. And he likes doing photography as a hobby. Um, and so wow, he'll call So me. you
0: go to him. And <laughs> he's like... So
1: he calls me and be like, hey, hey, boy. You know, I was out here messing with this camera. <laughs> and uh, I was trying to get the shutter speed. I'm like, I got it, old man. Listen, this is what you need to do. You know, and I have to make trips up to his house to get his computer right and things like that um, for... So we, we, we switched a little bit. But even then, you know, he's, he's such an aggravating old man about this stuff because now, because I got him internet at his house, the first time he's had internet ever.
0: Mm-hmm. Ever. So it opened a
1: whole new can of So worry. he's on YouTube and stuff now, and he's like, hey, I'll watch this video on this. You can do this, this, and this. And I'm like, listen, I, I'm, I'm just trying to get work done. Like, I'm not trying to, like, find new and inventing ways. But that's his personality. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he really was a, a technical uh, uh, marvel in his his field. I, I would put his knowledge up against most anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be, a, you know, a little bit of pride in the old man, but that's the way it is. Um, but that type of technical expertise and that specialty is really what what our warrant officers are all about
0: mm-hmm. uh, in,
1: in the in the guard, in the military, uh, wherever they exist. These are folks that are just. To a certain extent, they just seem magical. <laughs> they're, they're just just—they're like unicorns. Yeah. Like, oh, I want to catch one. I'm going to keep it because it knows everything that it needs to know <laughs> about this in particular subject. Um, and, and that's why they got there. I mean, generally, you know, obviously these are generally, you know, NCOs and stuff who have done mm-hmm. the job and who are just, you know, kind of that notch above, you know. And, and that's, that's no slight of anybody else doing the jobs out there. These are just people who excelled at it. Mm-hmm. above and beyond. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that that's what it's about. It's about having that resource. Because you, you know, you don't want that resource to go away and you, you, you know, you want to have it where that's kind of the in-between, the middle point, you know. I mean, unless people are doing the job, whatever it is, just like me you, know, I mean, we're, we're doing audio, video, whatever, radio, mm-hmm. uh, podcast, whatever, and, you know, and then we have our officers above us who are managing our job mm-hmm. and stuff. And that warrant yeah. officer kind of falls in that sweet spot where they're like, they know how to do the job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They know the nooks and crannies. Like, I could have sat out there another two hours on those brake pads and never figured out there was a spring on the backside of it that needed pop loose. <laughs> you know, how many man hours would I have wasted, you know, staring at a brake drum, fine-tuning it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Um so that's where these folks kind of step in, our warrant officers, is they provide us that, that technical expertise and that kind of link in between the officer enlisted, you know, uh, because everything's from a slightly different perspective, but they, they kind of fit that middle ground because they're still managing, but they're managing from a technical aspect. So they have that ability to to, you know, talk to an officer and say, hey, well, this is the way he needs to be doing it or she needs to be doing it or whatever because this is, you know, per the reg or how it's right and, you know, this is the way they whatever. And they can explain that and where, you know, at the lower level from the enlisted point of view, we're just worried about getting the work done. Mm-hmm. and then We're they, given
0: a task and we yeah, do whatever it takes to get to the right. end result.
1: And so they can provide that technical knowledge to help us get that end result and in certain cases explain to us why it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they really are, they're, they're unicorns. They are. They're. Um, they're
0: like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. They are,
1: um, and so if if for any reason you haven't had the opportunity to work with some of the warrant officers here in the state of South Carolina, um, they are excellent. They are excellent. Uh, they're
0: like
1: I haven't met one that I didn't appreciate his time and effort or her time and effort um, uh, to explain stuff to me. Because that's one thing they <coughs> And that's also nice. They're really good at explaining because that's what they do. They're technically proficient in what they're doing and they take the time to say, hey, well, this is, you know, this is why, how, whatever goes on. Um, so with that being said, we uh, our special guest today is Command Chief Warnt Officer, officer uh, for the state of South Carolina is, is going to be in with us. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about being a warrant officer, uh, what his uh, actual job titles for, mm-hmm. and, and why why the warrant officer cohort is so important.
0: So today we have Command Chief Warrant Officer for the South Carolina National Guard, uh, Chief Raymond Evans. So thank you, sir, for coming in and talking with us today. Thank you for having me. So could you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I joined the Guard back in 1986 uh, at the behest of my mother. She... Uh, saw a bit of a wayward young man and needed some guidance and I came home one day to a lieutenant colonel sitting in her office who uh, promptly had me sign some paper or got me in touch with people and I signed some paperwork not knowing what I was doing but um, so that was the start of a career I never expected to last as long as it has and be as fulfilling as it has but uh, it's been great. Uh, I was in the maintenance community, uh, electronics maintenance up until uh, I Made staff sergeant and then in 1996 I converted over to be a warrant officer. I went to Fort Rucker for Warrant Officer Canada School and uh, spent the majority of my time as a warrant officer in the Signal community in Spartanburg and Greenville and upstate and uh, have worked full time here at the PFO and also in the uh, director of logistics for a period of time for most of my technician career. Uh, deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan. And then in July of 2019, I was selected by Major General McCarty to be the Command Chief Warrant Officer for the state. Um, kind of a, a surreal and humbling experience to be selected for that that kind of a position and in, in, uh, the responsibility. But uh, it's a, it's been a great opportunity. You know, I'm really enjoying it.
1: Now you mentioned uh, you obviously started out enlisted. What made you kind of? make that leap over to the to the warrant officer great question Um, you know I I started working
2: in 1989 in the CSMS right next door right outside here and uh, I had an opportunity to work around some great NCOs and some great warrant officers and then some of those NCOs went warrant and uh, over a period of time I I just saw how technically talented they were as well as how much of a leader were they're they were great at training. I mean, and we spent countless hours going over equipment, you know, integrating equipment in different ways, bringing it into the shop, and it was just impressive to see how much knowledge those folks had. And uh, just said, you know, one day I'd like to be like that, and um, went down that road. And they kind of took me under my wing, and, and uh, you know, that's that's the continuation of how most warrants are formed now. Is is. Uh, you, know, you get around somebody who's who's sharp, and you you want to emulate that, and that's that's what we continue to do to this day in our recruiting efforts. So identify those folks that are you know above the bar, and then we we mentor them and work towards
1: it. And
2: uh, you know, a lot of times it's a long road, but we get them there.
1: Now, we kind of jumped into this whole thing about warrant officers, um, but I was actually prior Air Guard, and you know we don't have warrants over there. So maybe, and of course some of the newer soldiers and stuff, y'all are kind of, uh, y'all are kind of uh, I don't want to call it an enigma, but a lot of people really don't know where the warrant officer fit or, or what sure. the warrant officer is. So if you could maybe explain a little sure. bit to us about what actually the warrant officer is. So the, the warrant officer
2: is a rank that's in between the NCOs and officers. We're commissioned officers, uh, can hold command, uh, adjudicate UCMJ, the, the, all the responsibilities that a, a regular, what we call a real live officer, would do our RLO you know so uh, but the differentiator is the 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 officer is a a manager of resources personnel uh, gives command guidance sets sets the objectives Uh, the NCOs execute to that guidance So what the the warrant officer brings to the table is that technical long-term continuity and expertise to get that mission accomplished to ensure that that we're getting the training we need that our our, training schedules and medals are being met um, and to provide that continuity to the commander long term as well as the, we, we have the unique um, position of being able to um, be bluntly honest <laughs> 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 in a tactful way yeah, and that's, cool. um, and that's uh, you know it's something something every leader needs is somebody to be a, an honest yeah, a touchstone for them, sure, yeah. sure, pull them off to the side and say, you know, that, that, that's a good idea, but I think we might be going out or about it the wrong way, or it's a good idea, but we tried that ten years ago, it didn't work then. I think if we did it this way, it might work this time, but if we you know, keep butting our heads against the same wall, we're going to have a bloody forehead kind of thing. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we fill that role, uh, that little niche between the two ranks, and provide the continuity to the, to the command. Um, at all levels.
1: Now, I, I actually have a question, uh, a very general question about your position, because honestly, unfortunately, I guess I, maybe I should know more, but I don't. I, I honestly don't know what all entails in your position. Obviously, you know, I'm familiar with the State Command Sergeant Major because I'm enlisted, so, you know, I've tried that, and of course, the that's general. Um, but I, honestly, I, I know what your position is supposed to be, but I don't know a whole lot about it. Okay. Well, <laughs> that was a lot of rambling to get <laughs> that question but at uh, the moment we're in the same boat <laughs> okay. All
2: right. Fair now, enough. Uh, so uh, the command chief warrant officer position is relatively new started um, I want to say it started in 96 also um, about 20 years ago then uh, and it was started by the National Guard Bureau as a, a state command chief warrant officer position and CW5 Ken Buck was our first uh, command chief warrant officer for the state of South Carolina um, the command chief warrant officer similar to the sergeant major is the voice to the tag for all things relating to the warrant officer cohort that's recruiting that's retention strength management talent management uh professional development um everything about it Um, so my responsibility to major general mccarty is similar to command sergeant major Vickery's responsibilities in uh, in uh, he's got a much larger slice of the pie obviously um, and uh, you know managing 284 personnel across the force is is a challenge everybody's an individual but uh, I'm fortunate that you know the the, the warrant officer as a group are the we, we kind of picked the cream of the crop out of the NCO Corps, unfortunately, for the NCOs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've got a good bunch of people out there and um, don't have too many issues. People people pretty much know what they need to do. They're self-starters, self-management. They're, they're career-oriented and goal-oriented, so they, they get things done without being prompted. And makes my life a lot easier.
1: Now, you mentioned, uh, I guess, 284 people, but you mentioned it across the force. So, as... I guess warrant officers are fairly widespread because you know you you think with such a, a technical specialty they'd be kind of narrow career fields of where you would find these folks.
2: Now yeah, spread across all the way from uh, you know administrative warrants handling the personnel in, in the one section, um, signal aviation is a big chunk. They make up about forty six percent of our force here in South Carolina with the Apaches, the Chinooks, um, Blackhawks, and the Lakotas spread across the state. We have air defense warrants, we have logisticians, property book, um, supply techs. You, you name them, they're out there. I'm sure I'm, I'm dissing somebody by forgetting some important ones. But, uh, <laughs> food service warrants, you know, make sure that our, our the food that we're consuming is, is to standard and uh, cooks are trained to standard. They also run the, um, I think it's called the, the Connolly Award. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big food service award competition. Uh, they do a great job in that. So. Uh, Pretty much in any, any career field, there's a warrant officer in that career field, and, and like in um, Signal, for instance, you can be in any career field and feed into a Signal MLS or even a Cyber MLS. If you, if you have experience on the outside in, in IT or in cyber, you don't have to necessarily be a Signal uh, NCO or soldier to track into a, <coughs> a Signal Warrant Officer MLS. Um, and I, I did leave out cyber, but obviously it's it's hugely important. And if you're in the news at all, you see constantly states are are ramping up their cyber teams to help with elections, to um, you know react to to malware and ransomware attacks. We have it going on here in South Carolina. You know, it's it's all around us. It's uh, it's one of those things that's going on in the background. You don't see a lot of, but it's happening. So our, our cyber folks are are well engaged across the board and doing good things. So uh, yeah. Everywhere from some at company level all the way up to to brigade and obviously tag command staff. Our warrant officers are across the board. Oh, yeah. So in the background doing what they do. do
1: it. <laughs> you know, and oddly enough, I, uh, I haven't met a, a bad warrant officer in the state of South Carolina. It's um, a good thing to hear. You know? <laughs> and, and it's true. You know, I, I, I obviously know several and, and have, have worked with them and um, been engaged with them, and all of them have been. Excellent. Not just as you know subject matter experts, but they're all—they have all been very polite, and very knowledgeable, and um, easy to get along. Willing to answer questions and stuff like that, and that's outstanding for uh, you know enlisted personnel to be able to have that person to be able to reach to. Um, so I—I I, definitely learned, especially coming from Air Guard. Like I said, that's where I started my career at. I've learned to love warrant officers. they are my, my, my favorite thing. Um, <laughs> never the best Christmas present I ever got from the military <laughs> um, <laughs> now for, for some of those folks out there that might be curious about the Warren Office Corps or aspiring, and mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit when you're talking about cyber and signal and, and picking from the NCO Corps um, but how how or guess what is the general process if somebody's listening to this and you know what that sounds pretty good I'm like that's something I'd like to get it on so each um each technical specialty has some specific
2: requirements. Um, there's a baseline um, that's pretty much common on GT score of 110, able to hold a security clearance, some of them have BTS, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't want to go into the eaches of every one of them. One because I don't know them all and then two they change sometimes. <laughs> and three it would take a while. But. Um, you know, the best way to go about doing that, if uh, if an NCO or even a, an enlisted soldier sees that opportunity or wants to uh, take advantage of that opportunity in the future, is to get a warrant officer to mentor them. You know, line up to or get aligned with a warrant officer in their unit, in their battalion, express their desire. And uh, we as warrant officers all kind of take this the same tactic. We'll, we'll pull somebody up underneath their wing and work with them and coach them and mentor them. But once they get to the point of having the, the baseline requirements, which, you know, three years NCOERs is the E5 is one of them, and that's usually one of the, the trickier ones for our younger folks to get to. Um, and then uh, maybe some MOS alignment. But we've done things as, as far as uh, looked at E2s and E3s, recognized potential, worked with those individuals to shift them into the right MOS field so that they could get promoted a little bit faster and accelerate that timeline. You know uh, in the signal arena we've, we've taken people out of the 25 Bravo track which is has got a cap on it not much promotion eligibility and put them into another series at the signal MLS um, just to accelerate that timeline and get the folks moving forward so um, once that's all established and the, the NCO then puts together what we call a predetermination packet which is pretty much our Warrant Officer Strength Manager CW4 Kirby, or if it's aviation, CW3 Cox, which I think y'all had a uh, Mr. Cox on a, a couple weeks ago. Yes, sir. And um, they do the packet for the individual. The individual really just has to get some letters of recommendation and develop a resume for themselves, which is surprisingly difficult for some folks to yeah, do. Yeah, I was that. about to ask. I was say, resumes aren't something that's uh, super normal these well, days. you we, like, y'all we provide plot, yes, all <laughs> kinds of you know redacted examples, and um, it's. It, it's a good program that the 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 warrant officer strength managers have in process right now. They're really getting after us, our uh, our retention, recruiting problems, uh, challenges. Excuse me. So uh, once the predetermination packet is completed, it goes to proponent. So a signal packet would go down to four order, or cyber packet would go to four four uh, and also nowadays, uh, um, you know wherever the proponent is, and the proponent reviews it, they send us a letter back saying that the individual is technically qualified to pursue X. And uh, once that's done, we put them in front of a federally rec- federal recognition board. Um, Colonel uh, Kronpetcher, the Shrag for the state of South Carolina, sits as a title 10 officer, sits as president of that board. I'm usually on that board. And um, we, we go through the packet, we review the, the packet, you know, take questions and whatnot, and then we interview the candidate, make sure they're, they're a right fit for the organization and for the cohort. So once they've completed that, they pin uh, pin on WOCS, they get sworn in as a candidate, and they get pinned on uh, their warrant officer candidate rank, and then they choose to go. Well, they don't choose to go. We <laughs> we will either send them to Fort Rucker um, or to right here to the 218th RTI for the WOCS, the warrant officer candidate school program. Um, Once they complete with the Warrant Officer Candidate School, which if they go here to Fort Rucker, or excuse me, uh, if they go to Fort Rucker, it's about a month long course. If they come out here to RTI, it's five IDT weekend periods and then a two-week AT period. So that really saves the the state a lot of um, cost and uh, the soldiers not away from their job. It's a really good program, you know, the, the folks that go through our ITI program always come out and say, you know, the, the best thing about that RTI program is the tax care for us. We, re, we truly get counseling and mentorship from the tax. And, and then the 10, 12, however many people that are in the course are from South Carolina, they're going to be warrant officers in the South Carolina Guard, and I will have a relationship with that, professional relationship with that individual for the next 15 or 20 years. You know, I I can't tell you who graduated with me in nineteen ninety six before <laughs> Robert Alabama. Yeah, that just and ten years after that, I couldn't I couldn't have told you really. So that uh, that camaraderie that they build and that that cohesive team that they build out there will will help them as well as South Carolina in the long run. It's a great
1: program out there. Yeah, I I was fortunate enough to go out and actually cover uh, one of the classes, the warrant yeah. officer classes, that went out and it, it was awesome. Uh, I mean, you could tell. Uh, how quickly those individuals came together in that class and they just kinda of melded and mm-hmm. you know they were feeding off each other and it was it was really nice actually environment. That's I was a, surprised. If y'all are listening, that's the key to success. <laughs> <laughs> that's the we, that's the hidden secret of the We just had a class start Saturday, so I was out there with them Saturday morning. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. Um so we talked talk about warm offs, talk about your job. Um What's next? What you got, Baker? You got you got something on your list over there. He's
0: already hit everything on my list. He hit everything. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's very efficient going through. Um, well, like a training. well, you know what? Let's let's turn it over to you. Let's, let's let you take it where you want. You got you got something else you'd like to put out about the Warren Officer Corps or, or cohort, right? Cohort. Cohort, yeah, cohort yeah. Right. I mean, now, did they for me just didn't they change, change that? Right. They did. Um, okay. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Some of the history. Of
2: the the warrant officer, I, and I'm not the best at this, but um, in the mid-80s, there were several studies that they did in, in trying to realign the, the warrant officer. Our, our definition across the time has changed. Um, but, you know, we, we were originally our own standalone corps, warrant officer corps, and it's spelled with an S. I learned that in WACS. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what we. we, when we go through WCS out at Fort Rucker years ago, you had to build a class Sign, and uh, uh, ours was not the one, but another another one of the group. And the, there were several platoons in the in the classes, and uh, they just put CORP. <laughs> and that, that, that was not a good day for them. <laughs> so, for, anyways, uh, so through history, it's changed, and we we became um, uh, or were absorbed into the, the officer branch, officer cohort. Excuse me. So now we are just the, the warrant officer cohort in the uh, the officer branch. And there were some, um, I guess, efficiencies to that in a, the training and, and financial pipeline instead of, you know, having a whole other branch of training and whatnot. And, uh, like, our our staff course now is now called an ILE, so they've aligned some of our PME up to the officer. We actually send stuff, uh, send a couple of warrants, not South Carolina yet that I'm aware of, to command a general staff course in and, the... And, uh, Different opportunities such as that have come out of it. So, uh, but yeah, we lost the rising eagle at the time, or the squash bug we used to wear on our collars, and uh, we now wear a branch insignia of signal or cyber or whatever it may be. So, uh, that's a good move. I'm a little bit dis dis. But I don't know. I always like being the Warrant Officer Corps, but you know, <laughs> I, I trip up and every now and then when I'm supposed to say Corps, say the Corps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little adjustment. A little adjustment time,
1: Frank. Well, that's been a long time. I should have been <laughs> <less>. <laughs> um, Well, you mentioned a long time, but I don't know if um, people necessarily know when Warrant Officers came to be for the military and, and so, things of that nature. Yeah, the, the official birth date is... Um, July
2: of 1918, I think I have it in my notes here. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, yeah. July 9th, 1918, yeah. So we just celebrated a 100-year anniversary back in July of last year. Oh, happy birthday, believe it. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, But they date back even longer. It, was, it, it seems like um, in the um, the Royal Navy, there was the almost like a caste system that you were born into officer rank or you were either a... As a, a seaman, a a shaman shaman yeah, yeah. um, but they recognized that there were some folks just like we recognize now that that stand out above their peers and have the, the technical skills and the leadership capabilities that you know don't befit their uh back then their uh their birthright, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, they, they uh, created that middle level uh, uh leader, and uh, that's kind of where it traces back. But in July. 9th of 1918 is where we trace our lineage back and um, it started with what we called the Mine Planner Service in World War I, or just after World War One, huh. and then it expanded into, uh, if I remember correctly, an admin uh, field in World War II and has expanded out from there. Aviation, of course, uh, once the Army picked up aviation, um,
1: was a branch as well. So. Mine Planner Service. I know what I think that is. It is okay. Yeah. Okay, coast <laughs> coasties. Okay. All right. Got Guard you. In the coast, harbors, and mines and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was like, wow, that's that's a heck of a career field to get promoted up into. Um, <laughs> so do right. there, there is a reason that you are technically proficient in that. You know. um, well, I mean, uh, all very excellent information. Um, like I said, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to cover or mention. Uh,
2: it's, uh, you know, I mentioned it's a it's a um, it's a very humbling every day to get up and, and do what I do for the, the cohort in South Carolina as well as represent them nationally. And um, you know, I try to be an advocate for all the warrant officers out there. Uh, I, obviously, there's everybody's an individual and and everybody you know has their goals and dreams and we try to try to meet those. That's what I work towards each day, and it's, it's just a privilege and an honor to be that uh, that for the, the organization.
1: Well, sir, we appreciate uh, you taking time out of your schedule. I, I know y'all are always busy out there, um, but thank you for taking time. You're always welcome thank you. to come back at, at any point in time. If you have more information you want to put out, about uh, one officer, about state, whatever, we're here for you. Um, but Glad you took the time to come by. And speak well, thank you. I appreciate thing. it. Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: So that was a lot of good information from Chief Evans. It was good to have him come on the podcast since he's uh, in a new leadership position, and um, we have we have finally had the opportunity to sit down and talk with him since he's been in that position.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, outside of it just being the Warren Office part, it's it's key to get um, and, and all our leaderships been very willing to to come on the podcast. Um, I think it gives the, the soldiers and airmen out there the opportunity to to kind of meet the leadership in a more
0: Informal,
1: Informal, comfortable, casual, you know, they're telling personal stories Mm -hmm. and anecdotes and stuff like that and it's not just a a rousing speech in front of a large group of people or anything like that. So, you know, it's nice but uh, more back to to Command Chief Warrant Officer Evans as that, um, you know, it's good to highlight the the warrant officer career field or, or cohort um, because they, they do do a lot for the state of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, the position he sets in is equivalent to the State Command Sergeant Major for the enlisted side of folks. So outstanding to have him be able to come in and, and, and share some of that information with us.
0: Yeah, I, um, I mean, I've been in, gosh, looking back now, almost nine years. And when I was an MP, well, don't shake your head at me.
1: You old lady.
0: No, me. You have no room to. Talk, I am so. spry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, I never knew what a warrant officer was. I heard people like say the name, but I never saw them. I never interacted with them. And I think it was one AT for some reason. They had um, one of the chief warrant officers come that was um, like a maintenance warrant officer, and he was inspecting vehicles. And I still didn't understand exactly who or what they were, and people were still calling them sir and stuff, so I'm like, okay, I guess he's not... Like, I was never explained that what the warrant officer uh, was and who they were and what they did. So, I mean, obviously now I know because I'm full-time. I I work around a lot of the leadership, and I've met a lot of people, and um, so I have a better understanding for it, but is there, like, a determining factor on how or what... um, I guess MOS's have warrants. Um, like, is that something that can be later created if they don't have one? Or is it something that it's just this, like aviation, they're huge in it because they fly. And um, and then the maintenance, they have a lot of chief warrant officers. So, like, how, how is that determined?
1: Well, I mean, we've seen the creation of uh, uh, warrant officer career fields even within our, our military career now. Um, like uh, Command Chief Warrant Officer Evans was saying, uh, the cyber... Chief Warrant Officers didn't exist until a couple years ago,
0: oh, okay.
1: um, th- that, wasn't, mm-hmm. that wasn't one. So what they do is they, and best I know, uh, and, and please if somebody wants to make a comment to correct this information, but you know you have a technical career field like IT um, where you can kind of get that upper level of expertise and knowledge um, and then when the, the military sees that there's a need for that, then they implement them uh, you know, to, to have them there because not every MOS is a feeder MOS yeah. to a warrant officer. Um, uh, ours, for example, uh, we, we don't uh, we don't have, uh, ours is not a feeder MOS into any warrant officer. Mm-hmm. But like he said, with like the IT, you can be in any MOS and go into being an IT uh, warrant officer, 25 series, I believe, um, based off of civilian experience. Mm-hmm. Because, you know... We have some people, even in here in in our cyber community, and our IT, they are top dog professionals of their field in the civilian world. They have that level of education and knowledge. And so those are the type of people you seek out to have, you know, as as that technical specialist, you know, uh, that that warrant officer, because they can give guidance to, you know, enlisted folks on on how the job needs to be done or needs to be accomplished. And then, like uh, Command Chief Warrant Officer Evans said, they can also be the voice to the officers for the enlisted, you know. Kind of
0: like a buffer.
1: Yeah, that buffer. So yeah, not uh not everyone not every MOS has a, not every MOS is a feeder MOS to a warrant officer uh option. Um I guess technically if you because you can you can go from any MOS to aviation and you can go any MOS to uh IT or cyber. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean I guess under that yeah, pretty much. But not everyone has its own <laughs> unique warrant officer, MLS attached yeah. to it.
0: So you learn something new every day. I
1: think I, su- I think I, I said all that right.
0: I think I think yeah.
1: I feel like I'm close.
0: Yeah.
1: If not, somebody make a comment. Correct me. I'm, I'm okay with that because yeah. that was kind of off the cuff. Yeah, that was. was just, that was just not. It was just a random question I yeah. thought after talking to him. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. Looking back, realizing like all these fields, career fields that I've. Uh, gone out and watched, and then to talk about warrant officers, and it's like you don't see them. And like he was saying, there's 200 and some, or three. Yeah, there's, there's, there's not. A
1: couple, there's a couple hundred of them in the state.
0: So, I mean, um, it would be cool to sit down and actually figure out what like, what all the different jobs are that mm-hmm. are out there.
1: Well, you know, obviously, it's very versed. I mean, like you said, you, you cook, pilot, mechanic, IT. I mean, so. I mean, these are the people, like I said, who are on the technical side of things. They are kind of just a slight cut above the best, or above, cut above the rest, not the best. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I came from the Air Guard, but we don't, the Air Force doesn't have warrants.
0: Yeah, and I think they, that's They did of, away with them a long time ago. I think that's kind of why I was confused, because w- when I was in ROTC, I was Air Force, and, like, we had uh, chief master sergeants and stuff, so then... Right? That was it, yeah. Yeah, so, like... Um, I know it's RTC but like the rank they still use the same rank and Yeah, there's no warrants. Yeah, so it was just weird to I didn't understand fully as far as the army what that was.
1: Yeah, I had to learn a little bit of that when I first switched over. Like I knew what a warrant officer was, but mm-hmm. I didn't really know a whole lot about the warrant officer.
0: And now you know so much about them, you could be a warrant officer for the warrant <laughs> officers.
1: No, I don't think that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure two hundred something warrant officers <laughs> <laughs> just slapped their forehead and went, no. <laughs> um so anyway but uh yeah once again it's always good to have our our leadership come by and and take time to talk to us and especially explain their job because it helps helps the soldiers know you know what they're there for and what they're doing and the airmen um so yeah
0: well if you're watching or listening to this video make sure that you are liking and subscribing we're still trying to get up to that 500 yeah and make comments Yes, leave us comments if there's anything that you want us to talk about. Special guests, if you want to come on and talk to us about something, just let us know.
1: Come on by and have a seat.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we've had a little bit more interaction lately than what we did when we first started. So we're definitely improving. It's getting there. Well, I'm Sergeant Chelsea Baker. And I'm
1: Specialist David Erskine, And we'll catch you in the next episode.